What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Any health-related information on the following show provides general information only. Content presented on any show by any host or guest should not be substituted for a doctor's advice. Always consult your physician before beginning any new diet, exercise, or treatment program. lifestyle and I have the show that is dedicated to sharing information that will inspire and inform a more conscious life that creates a healthier lifestyle and this program takes a holistic approach to health and wellness which means we look at all the areas of our life and how it is connected and I I'm doing a little bit different show today because I'm going to talk about pets and animals, how they affect our lives and how we can help them live healthier, longer lives. I have loved animals all my life. In fact, I even started out as a child raising pigeons and rehabbing possums and um, gophers, mainly because people that I knew had... um, accidentally killed the moms and didn't know what to do with the babies and I ended up being the one who would rehab them and after years of doing this my veterinarian talked to me and he said Nancy you know you're really good at this why don't you go and take a class on this and get certified in wildlife rehabilitation because you know we really need people like you to help. And so I went and took the International Wildlife Council's classes and passed the tests. And then I uh, applied for a license here in Texas. And I started working with the DFW Wildlife Coalition. And what I found was it, it really is amazing how little people know about the wildlife living right there in their own backyard and how incredibly beneficial these animals are to our lives, and yet so highly underappreciated. And over the years, I've learned so much about animals and their diets, and combine that with the diets that my own pets have, my, my dogs and my cats, and, um, and I just started putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And being a nutrition expert for humans, I've actually learned quite a lot when I combine the different things that I've, I've learned in this area. So um, I had this dog that uh, was a rescue dog that when I got her, she was a golden doodle. She had been very badly abused, and she had the most horrendous uh, skin allergies and I just uh, she would just itch and scratch and uh, it was just terrible and so I looked at her diet and I just started tweaking things and I started making my own dog food well when I started making my own dog food uh, miraculous things started to happen and they happened actually very quickly 
um, probably, you know, I, I would say probably within three or four days, she dramatically stopped scratching. Her, her skin started uh, looking better. And uh, our lives just became <laughs> much easier. Um, but making my own dog food, you know, I started, I had started looking at how I was feeding wild animals. And dogs and cats are, you know, they may be domesticated, but they actually have more of a wild animal type of diet. And over the years, what has happened is, I mean, I just remember growing up, we would feed our leftover scraps from the table to our animals. And our animals were all healthy, and they lived very, very long, healthy lives. And, you know, I'm sure we probably could have done a little better, but um, as time went on, we started hearing that, you know, people should not feed your animal table scraps. And so my parents were like, oh, you know, we've got to buy this dog food or this cat food so that, you know, they have the proper diet. And so these, these large manufacturing companies and people who wanted to make money selling their animal food, you know, I'm guessing they just put out propaganda that, that said that we shouldn't feed our animals table scraps. And, of course, you know, looking at people's diet of processed and fast food, you know, that's probably a good idea because I don't think those foods are good for our animals. But on the whole, I think... The foods that we do eat, the healthy foods that we do eat, are really a healthy, a healthy food for our, our dogs and our cats. And if you look at uh, what happened in, in our country, in the U.S., uh, when we started feeding our animals this manufactured food, well, the animals, the illnesses went up dramatically. And these dogs and cats started having more and more allergy problems. And the cancer went up dramatically in animals. And then back in 2007, thousands of dogs and cats died after being poisoned by tainted food. And these pet food companies had to pull over 100 different pet food products from the shelves. And the U.S. government really doesn't track animal deaths, but the experts estimate that it was around 8,000 pets that died. Well, I think this is really very similar to humans who started eating all the processed foods with the additives and the fillers and the artificial colors. And the people gained weight and developed diabetes and cancer and lots of diseases. So I really see a correlation here. Um, I've actually had a yellow lab that lived to be 17 and thriving, and uh, many of my wild animals have lived longer than they were supposed to, um, and I think it was because they were being fed really good food. Um, I'm a certified raw food chef, and so one of the things I learned about raw food, and this is food that has not been processed or heated over 118 degrees, 115, 118 degrees, somewhere in there, the enzymes die. Uh, these foods actually support our health by providing extra enzymes to our body that can help us digest this food and absorb the nutrients more effectively. And what I've found working with people is when I put certain people, like people with cancer or diabetes, on a raw food, whole food, vegetarian diet, their body really starts to get nourishment and they start to thrive. And I've worked with clients who had serious diabetes on the verge of, quite literally on the verge of death, and they would come back and start losing weight and get healthy. And usually within three to three to six months, they're off all their medications and they're doing really well. Well, as I started combining my knowledge about raw food and my wild animal diets and my own pet's diet and my own pet's health, I started incorporating a lot of the things I had learned into making their food so that their, their diet 
in their lifestyle would be healthier and their their body would be uh, in a rejuvenation state instead of uh, the opposite. And so as I looked at my wild animals diet, because animals, you know, it's not like they have a big cooker out in the wild and they're out cooking their food. They're not. They're eating raw meat. They're eating raw vegetables. And so, you know, I'm looking at my possum or my raccoon's diet, and they're eating raw meat, and they're thriving on this. And, in fact, if you cooked their food, these animals are very fragile, and, you know, a certain amount of it they can handle. But after a while, they start getting sick, and they will die. And uh, so as I started looking at my own pet's diet, uh, my cat and my dog, and I started creating this this diet for my golden doodle who had the bad allergies, when I started making her food out of, I got organic grass-fed meat. Um, I did uh, variations of chicken and fish and uh, beef and lamb and I would combine it with wonderful high on antioxidant greens and also with some fruits like blueberries and I would combine this in my in my food processor and add minerals to it because Animals need minerals just like we do, and some of these are very important. And then I would add healthy fats to this, and some of the healthy fats I would add would be like hemp seed oil, cold-pressed hemp seed oil or flaxseed oil, and a little bit of coconut oil. And what this would do, it would, it would support their brain health, it would give them energy, and it also... Um, is anti-inflammatory, so it can really help with problems like itchy skin or dry skin. And the fats in our diet actually tell our body how they're going to utilize the carbohydrates in the protein. So as I started making my dog's uh, food, uh, I would combine it and I would do it in a uh, food processor, and then I would take it out, and I would put it in, I wrapped it in rolls. I would, you know, do like a long roll, like a cookie roll, like you'd have a, like a log. And I would put it on a wax paper sheet, and I would cut it into chunks that I thought I could thaw out easily. And then I would roll it up in this wax paper, and then wrap it in foil, and I put it in the wax paper so it wouldn't stick. And also the foil. I don't want the foil, the aluminum foil, to get into the food because that can cause uh, toxicity uh, to us as well as them. I never wrap any of my food directly in foil. I always put it in uh, parchment paper or uh, wax paper before I do that. And so I would roll it in that, roll it up in foil and put it in the freezer because I'd usually make large batches because this is a little bit time-consuming, but it's well worth the effort because you have total control over your ingredients and what you have in it. And I would um, wrap those up, and then I could get one out and let it thaw out in the refrigerator before I needed it. So, you know, like a day before I was going to feed her, I would get it out and put it in the refrigerator overnight and then I could take out and chop up, you know, however much I thought my dog should eat that day. And then I could feed her the appropriate amounts. It was quite amazing how her her um, health just dramatically improved, um, really within days. And um, And so I thought I would share this information with you. And so some of the things that I put in my my dog food is I used all organic because, and this uh, is something I researched really for people, but I have found um, it affects animals dramatically. But 
you want organic food and you want to use healthy fats because you don't want these chemical fertilizers and pesticides in the food. And there is a there's two types of genetically modified food and most of that is what is on the market today in the US. And one of them is meant to have huge amounts of chemical fertilizers and pesticides dumped on it. And the other one actually has poison built right into it and meant to have huge amounts of chemical fertilizers and pesticides dumped on it. Well, what happens is when they put huge amounts of chemical fertilizers and pesticides on the soil and on the food, it kills and destroys the nutrients in the soil. So vital nutrients that your body and your animal's bodies need is is destroyed. And so it's not in the food. And I think that's one of the major problems with the U.S. today with our food supply is that the government underwrites the food being grown by these companies that use chemical fertilizers and pesticides. So the food that's not as healthy for us and is poisoning the environment is actually supported with our tax dollars, which is why it's cheaper and less expensive. And that's why they use it in all of these cheap uh, fast foods and processed foods. Well, it's the same thing with animals. And uh, so they need these organic foods just as much as we do because they need those nutrients as well as we do. Uh, A big problem with farm animals is they're given huge amounts of of these types of foods. And many of the cattle and chicken are feed fed things like the corn that is genetically modified. And the corn in the U.S., uh, and in other parts of the world, I'm sure, um, that are genetically modified are particularly bad because they have a BT toxin built into them. And this BT toxin quite literally um, will eat holes in your intestinal tract and in your stomach, Um when they developed this, they told the FDA that it, or the USDA, that it would only do it to the insects that that ate it. But yet, what um, the studies have shown, and I'm looking at one very specific one in Canada, it showed that this was certainly not the case, that it is eating holes in people's stomach and in your intestinal tract. And I would absolutely think it would, since they even haven't tested on animals, but it would be doing it to your animals as well, causing terrible digestive problems. I think it would cause leaky gut. And I think this is another reason why people have become so uh, sensitive to gluten, gluten and different things. And it's because the integrity of their stomach and their intestinal tract is so hurt by eating these genetically modified foods, uh, specifically more like the the corn that has this BT toxin built into it. And then the toxin gets down into your gut and quite literally starts creating and manufacturing the toxin, the pesticide in your own body. So those can be extremely harmful. And so one of the foods that they use as cheap filler in almost all the uh, animal foods is corn. And it's probably not certified organic, which would mean that it would have this BT toxin built into it. And it wouldn't have nutrients in it. So it's just um, very problematic today. Um, They were looking at the mad cow disease problem in the UK. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It was in the 1990s, I believe. And so um, these cows were getting very, very sick. And they started researching this. And what I found is that they were feeding these cattle sheep's ground up bodies these sheep had died they ground up the bodies and fed it to the cattle well what they also found out was the sheep that had died had had things like canola oil added to their food and the canola oil 
is an oil that's genetically modified. It was developed from the rapeseed, which is one of the most toxic seeds and oils there is, and it's used in industrial uh, facilities. And so they genetically modified the seed in order to make what they thought was a safer oil for people to cook with and things like that. But from what I understand with my research, when they took the canola oil out of the sheep's feed, the sheep stopped dying, and they also eventually stopped the mad cow disease. Well, I understand that very many tests have been done on this canola oil, and there is a lot of controversy over the safety of it. And so many, many years ago, especially because of the fact that it's genetically modified from one of the most toxic seeds in the world, um, I stopped using it and I avoid products that have it in there. So any kind of label that has ingredients listed, you need to make sure that you're avoiding um, canola oil and buying organic food. Uh, basically because you want to get the nutrients in your food and you want to get as many as possible. And you also want to avoid having any kind of toxic poison built into your food. Uh, And also, if you think about your food getting its nutrients from the soil and the water and the air it's in, if it's having huge amounts of toxic pesticides and fertilizers dumped on it, you know, I can only assume that it's absorbing this into the body and and that is part of it that you are not able to wash off. So I am a huge proponent of getting certified organic foods. And just this last year, there's there was some really good news. Uh, I was reading that the USDA, I think for... You know, I haven't seen much of this before, but they are actually starting to give grants to farmers who are going to grow organically. And I see that as excellent news because uh, that means that the price of the organic food will eventually come down and that they are switching to supporting farmers that are doing Uh, good for the environment and also providing healthier food for people. And with the market, the organic food market growing at a rate of 14% a year um, and only about 5% of the U.S. designated as organic farming, I see this as a, a great change coming across America and the world and um, in hopes of switching from an unsustainable, toxic, poisonous growing uh, of foods to something that is environmentally uh, safe and also um, better for us in our bodies. So, you know, what, what the cows are eating is as important as what we're eating. Because if you are avoiding... BT toxins and not eating genetically modified corn and things like that, and you're eating beef or chicken or any of these creatures that have been fed the corn with the BT toxin on it or things that have had canola oil given to them to fatten them up faster or to help them put on weight at the very end, your animal is actually getting that through eating the meat from those animals. And uh, the tests show in Canada that the humans uh, get it that way as well. So you're getting that BT toxin from eating the animals that are eating these genetically modified foods. So, you know, it's all a web of life and we're all connected. And so what the quality of your food you're eating is just as important as your animal's food and what the animal they might be eating is just as important. So it's, you know, it's all interconnected and it's all important. So you want to make sure if you're going to feed your animal raw food, and particularly raw chicken or raw beef or, or raw fish or anything like that, It's absolutely paramount that you get one that is the highest quality you can possibly get 
preferably one that's had purified spring water <laughs> and has not been uh, drinking any chlorinated tap water. Uh, you also want to um, make sure the food's organic and fresh. And um, so I think all of those things combined, you're going to have a much more uh, healthy product for your pet and for you to eat. And uh, as I started studying animals and the, the things they eat, one of the things that really affects all of us is a phytic acid. And through the centuries, farmers and people knew how to prepare these foods. Uh, any kind of seed or grain or nut uh, or lentil or bean, they have what is called a phytic acid. And it's kind of what I consider kind of a God protection for that seed or what that, that particular seed that would grow a plant. So it protects it when it's ingested from being broken down and digested. So let's say there. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a grain and this bird eats it. And it's not. it goes through his digestive tract and he poops it out and it grows a plant. Well, one of the reasons it grows that plant is because the phytic acid protected it from being digested. And so it's not broken down. And what this phytic acid does to our bodies and to our animals' bodies is, well, number one, it prevents you from absorbing the nutrients in that food, which is the original reason you're eating it in the first place. And... And then it, it prevents your body from absorbing other nutrients as well. And so you're not able to absorb things like calcium and magnesium and iron. And, and those are, you know, incredibly important. So what you want to do is remove this phytic acid. I talk about this extensively in the recipes in my book. Uh, raising healthy children, also in uh, how to be a healthy vegetarian, and in my book, lose weight, get healthy, and never be on a diet again. And I think one of the things that gives me an edge on on all of this is I've studied environmental sciences and I understand organic gardening, and I'm also a chef. But being an animal diet expert with my wildlife. It gives me a whole different way of looking at this. And so being a nutritionist and someone who's studied nutrition in depth, I've kind of come to the table with a various amount of information that someone who just studied animal nutrition or just studied human nutrition would have. And so it's like, you know, I'll be reading about something or experiencing feeding an animal this or that, and I'll just be like, oh, my gosh, this goes together with this, and I'm putting together my jigsaw puzzle, and I'm coming up with all of these great parts of information that fit together and create really what I would consider a more complete picture of nutrition and being healthy. So as I've started doing this, it 
allowed me some room to play. So I kind of think of myself as a, a renegade nutritionist. But I'm making these uh, recipes for my dog. And I'm thinking, okay, when I get wild animals in, I always give them ground up fresh sprouted pumpkin seeds. And I'm, I'm saying sprouted because I'm talking about phytic acid. Well, when you soak your seeds and your nuts and your beans and your lentils, when you soak them in purified water overnight, and most nuts and beans maybe even need to be 18 hours, and then pour off that water, what you've done is you've removed the phytic acid in those seeds. So they're, they're activated. Um, they're more digestible, and they won't uh, prevent your body from absorbing other nutrients. So our bodies can handle a certain amount of phytic acid. Animals' bodies can probably handle a certain amount as well. But, you know, many people I've talked to, they're like, I don't want to eat a vegetarian diet because, you know, it gives me gas or it's too hard to digest. Uh, I was in a nutrition, sports nutrition class recently, and, you know, I'm just always amazed. I go to these classes, and they're teaching things that are so antiquated, and they don't really understand all of the aspects of real nutrition and how to prepare food. I think, you know, it, that is such a shame. Um, but what what they were saying is, oh, well, don't eat this, and don't eat these things with fiber in them, and don't eat these grains and carbohydrates because they'll call cause digestive problems and and this was for sports people and I'm thinking that is so sad because I believe that's completely wrong uh, because carbohydrates are our body's preferred form of fuel and that is the best way of actually getting the glucose into our body that gives us energy and so what they just don't know is how to prepare them properly, which is what I teach in my cookbooks, like how to be a healthy vegetarian and raising healthy children, is I teach people how to prepare these things, remove the phytic acid so that they are more digestible, they are able to be, um, you know, go through your body so that you can absorb as many nutrients as possible. Get that valuable fiber, which is so incredibly important. And uh, this is so incredibly important for animals as well. So you remove that phytic acid by soaking the seeds, the nuts, the grains, the beans, the lentils. And you, you uh, remove that phytic acid. And if you want to dry them again, you can put them in a dehydrator or you can put them on a cookie sheet in a, in a low oven under 118 degrees. And that will just uh, dry them out a little bit. Uh, for my animals' food, what I do is I will sprout the beans, I'll sprout the seeds, uh, and then I will like, uh, for instance, I was talking about pumpkin seeds. And pumpkin seeds are awesome because they have a great form of zinc that is so vital to our health and to our animals' health. But they, they have a really awesome ability of getting parasites out of your body. And... You know, all animals and even humans, we get parasites all the time. We get it from swimming in rivers or lakes or in the river. We get them from being with animals. We get them from eating food that hasn't been washed off properly. We get them from walking barefoot sometimes places. But we get parasites. And what the pumpkin seed will do, and I sprout my pumpkin seeds and what I'll do is I'll dry them out in my dehydrator, which does not destroy the nutrient value or the enzymes. And I think those are really a great uh, thing to have in your kitchen if you want to do really healthy food. But I grind up my pumpkin seeds and I put it in my animal's food. And one of the things I noticed when I started getting wild possums and wild raccoons that I was rehabbing is I would feed them these ground up pumpkin seeds and this was my own idea. Nobody had put this in my in my um, recipes. But I found that it had them immediately within days. Uh, they would be pooping out uh, tapeworms and all kinds of horrible 
parasites that had been harming their health. And so their health would really get revitalized and they would feel so much better. Well, our animals have this uh, same situation. They get more and more parasites because they're you know, their nose is on the ground and they're sniffing around and they're eating things outside that, you know, you may not know about. And so they're getting parasites in different ways. And uh, I had horses growing up. I used to ride in the rodeo. And one of the things we were always doing was getting our horses wormed. And it's because they ingest um, things when they're eating And so when you feed them ground-up pumpkin seeds, uh, that's able to very effectively get rid of parasites extremely easily without any harm to your animal. And also it feeds them that wonderful nutrient value of the pumpkin seeds. So that's something that I would include in my pet food. And so my friend, I was visiting my friend who has some horses, and I go down there and ride with her down in San Antonio. And she told me one day, you know, my animals are not doing well. Their digestive systems, um, they're, you know, having trouble. And she has a couple of older horses. And I said, well, you know, are you soaking their grains before you give it to them? Um, and she was like, no, I'd never heard of that. And so here she was, she was giving them grains in the morning and grains in the evening. And they really looked forward to that. And she was trying to fatten them up a little bit, but it was giving them horrible indigestion. That phytic acid gives people and animals terrible indigestion. In fact, these farmers that feed their cattle grains and things to fatten them up, If they aren't soaking them, they're giving their cattle terrible indigestion problems. In fact, one of the largest purchasers of antacids, it's farmers, because they don't know better to soak their grains and things. And what's crazy is for the last centuries, people knew to do this. And it's just within this last century. It's like they just forgot all the historic knowledge that their ancestors were passing down to them. Hey, Nancy, I have a color for you. Oh, you do? Okay, thank you. Um, I'm going to put my antacid thing on hold and say hi to our caller. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm Deanna, and uh, I have a question about, um, like, I'm sorry, it's kind of, like, different. It's about dogs. Um, And I was wondering if you had, like, some kind of... um, insight on or something that you could suggest about um dog food like you know making your own dog food and like preparing it in advance like i've heard of people making dog food and freezing it and one reason i want that you know not that flexibility is if i travel and i leave my dog with someone else um you know i'd have the food set up for the dog Oh, well, thank you, Dan. That is a, a really great question. In fact, um, I'm going to give a dog food recipe in just a minute, and I will uh, give a few tips and tricks on how to um, put it in the freezer in a way that the person taking care of your animal can get out certain amounts and defrost it um, more easily and be able to divide it up better because um, that's a great question, and I really appreciate you calling in and asking that. Thank okay. you. Okay. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, great Bye-bye. question. And so as I'm, as I'm moving, I'm, I've been kind of going in and out of working with wild animals and farm animals and, and our pets, but, you know, so much of this is combined and... In serious, and thank you, Deanna, for calling. That was that was just great question. So, um, you know, removing the phytic acid from foods important. I think that's one of the reasons a lot of these uh, manufactured foods weren't were not good. Um, but anyway, as my friend started uh, soaking her grains for her horses, in fact, the last time I went down there, she said their health had improved dramatically. And they did look great, but she had started soaking the grains uh, before she gave it to them and getting that phytic acid off of them. 
And uh, also you want to use purified water, not with the chlorine and fluoride, which is a, a poison and a carcinogen and destroys their immune system. And so you want to use purified an- water for your animals as well. And you can get a purifier at like Walmart that are meant for RVs uh, for taking out chlorine and fluoride. And you can screw it on your garden hose and you can use that for your horses and that can and for your dogs and your cats. And you can also use that for your garden as well to keep the chlorine and fluoride out. So um, in lines with what Deanna just asked, you know, I was going to tell a few uh, recipes today, and we're kind of getting towards the end of the show. So I'm going to just tell you quickly, uh, one of my recipes is uh, getting raw, organic, uh, either beef or chicken or lamb or something like that. You know, the highest quality you can possibly have. And you combine, um, I'm going to tell you this in three parts. So you can combine, uh, uh, you would do one part of the, um, three parts of the meat for a dog. But you would do seven parts of the meat for a cat. And then you'd want to do one part veggies for a dog in one part veggies for a cat. So so let's say with a dog you do three cups of meat and then one cup of veggies. So it would be kind of like that. Um, and then with a, with a cat it would be like seven-eighths of a cup of meat to one-eighth of a cup of veggies. Um, and so you would combine these. And so what, what kind of veggies would I use? Well, if I'm using anything like broccoli or anything of the cruciferous family, I would steam it first to remove the goitrogens that can uh, affect your thyroid. So I'd want to steam my broccoli first, uh, or I might put some raw celery in. Uh, celery is a really great one, and that's really good for your nerves. That would be for dogs and cats as well. These recipes are, are really good for both, but cats need more meat than the dogs, so you want to uh, be aware of that. So if you're using three parts meat to one part veggies for dog, you're using seven parts meat in uh, one part veggies for the cats, right? And then you want to add something like wild blueberries to this because they need that antioxidants from the berries and that, that blue uh, berry is so powerfully antioxidant and just a great choice. And so then you could add, uh, so let's, just for instance, for a dog, you'd have three cups of steamed broccoli and a cup of raw celery, uh, a cup and a third of wild blueberries. And then you might even put in three-fourths of a cup of watermelon. You know, watermelon is very, very hydrating, and that would be, you know, a really good choice there. And you'd do that for your cat, too. And uh, you could do um, like 17 cups of meat with this recipe. And uh, you'd have to, you know, make it different for for the kitties and and do, um, you know, more meat as compared to your veggies with your kitties. But you would combine this in your food processor uh, and get it nice, nice and mixed up into a puree. And then um, that's when I take it out in chunks and I put it on my wax paper. And uh, Deanna was asking about ways to make this easier for someone who is going out of town and you need someone to come and feed your animal. Well, you could wrap it up in in little chunks uh, that are meant per day for your animal, depending on their weight. And, And so then you could... Um, have it just big enough for them to take out each day. Or if your dog is really tiny, uh, and I know quite a few people that have tiny dogs, um, I've heard if you get ice cube trays, you can put fill up your trays with that and then cover, cover it with wax paper and then wrap it in foil. And then it's easy to pop out a little one and thaw that out, and you could use that as snacks and treats as well, which would be great. But also, in in this food um, food mixture, you would really want to add uh, some some supplements. Uh, you want to add a mineral vitamin 
vitamin mix in there, one that's made with whole organic foods, um, something that um, um, has uh, you know iron and copper and magnesium and zinc and kelp and vitamin E in it. And so you could get you know a vitamin mineral mixture for your dog or, or a separate one for your cat and add that to it. And then I would also put in some cold-pressed organic uh, flax or hemp seed oil for the omega-3s, which are incredibly um, good for inflammation and things like that. So I would add a couple of tablespoons of that uh, to your dog food mix. And um, I put some unrefined sea salt into my food for the animals because those minerals are so vitally important. And I'm saying unrefined sea salt because that helps you hydrate. It helps you uh, get all those minerals in them. I know everybody's heard the word electrolyte. And the word electrolyte is quite literally a fancy medical term for the word salt. And uh, we've grown up here in the U.S. on white refined versions of everything where all the minerals have been removed and I have no idea who thought that went up but you know all of these minerals are vitally important to our health and so if you can get unrefined sea salt that has all these minerals in it uh, that's a much better choice for you and your animals to use and I think it's vitally important for um all of them. In fact, my friend with the horses, she had a white refined lick salt uh, cake for her horses. And I was like, you know, that is not healthy. You need to get an unrefined mineral rich salt lick for your horses. And so she did. And oh my gosh, the horses absolutely love it. But if you think about it, your dogs are always licking your skin or cats are licking your skin. They're trying to get that salt out. In fact, with my animals' water, I add some sea salt to their water. Uh, I purify the water, and that takes all the minerals and things and the bad stuff out. But it takes all the good minerals out as well. And when we drink water, we have to have these minerals with the water they are the electrolytes in order to actually absorb this water. And if we don't have it, our body will actually pull it from our body, like pulling calcium from the bones and things like that. And so if you add it to the water, you're giving it the electrolytes in a very easy, effective, inexpensive way. And you're going to really support your animal's health and your health by doing that. And um, I think that's really an easy way to do it. And it also makes the food taste better. And all of these nutrients and minerals, they, they work in like a symphony kind of way in our body. And I believe they're just critical for working together. And, um, and the combination is just wonderful and um so we're i'm talking about animals food um you can also switch out um chicken or or some of these other meats for in that recipe for the the meat that i i'm using in there and um so talking about maybe snacks for your animal oh and you can add some ground up pumpkin seeds to that that dog food mix and help them always be getting uh, rid of the parasites on a continual basis. I even put freshly ground sprouted pumpkin seeds on my salads. I'll grind them up and put them on my salads and mix them in my foods and they're just absolutely delicious and so good for you. And uh, you can also buy sprouted seeds and nuts. Um, I've actually been noticing them in the grocery stores now and so um, that's something you want to look for, sprouted rice, uh, sprouted flowers, you know, all your flour made from grains, they should be sprouted, um, all of those things. They'll help with um, acid indigestion. They, you know, a lot of that acid indigestion is caused by the phytic acid 
and high acidic diet. So, you know, having more of these greens in your diet are really important. Now, if you don't have any fresh greens and you want to put like lettuce or something in your dog's uh, food mixture, you can do that. Or you could even buy like perfect greens by Garden of Life and put a scoop of that in your dog food or cat food and they'll get uh, those wonderful greens um, that way. Um, if you don't have any fresh food to use um, for the vegetables, um, there are just a variety of different ways you can do that. And I'm putting that in my new book, From Earth to Table, where I talk about taking care of our animals in a really good way. And then uh, carrots are a good thing to add to the vegetable mix if you want to do that. And also sweet potatoes are excellent. Um, in fact, I like to slice up sweet potatoes and dehydrate them. And they make really awesome chews for your animal. And you can use them as special treats. Um, never microwave anything because that destroys the nutritional value of your food and changes the energy of it. Um, but the sweet potatoes are just a really great uh, food for your animal. And so really, I think <laughs> some of our food is the best food for our pets. And so uh, I hope this has helped you today. And uh, I think I may need to do another show on this because we're at the end of our, our time here. And I just want to tell you that I honor you for taking the time to take care of yourself and to take care of your pets and to try to live the healthiest life you possibly can. And this is Nancy Addison with Organic Healthy Lifestyle. And you can find out more about me on my website, organichealthylifestyle.com, where you can also sign up for my free monthly newsletter and get uh, my free download of Healthy Grocery Store Shopping Tips. And as we come to a close of this show today, um, I just want to say that one of the things I realize is how we do anything is how we do everything. So as you go through your life and you touch the people around you, just remember to add that main ingredient. And that main ingredient is always love. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.